<laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Freestyle Travel Show. My name is Kenny Flannery. I'm your host, and this first episode ever will be about how I started traveling. But uh, first, how about an introduction to the whole show itself, Freestyle Travel Show. A freestyle traveler is someone who, you know, maybe defaults to hitchhiking, but it's someone who's traveling indefinitely or for an extended period of time and can adapt to all kinds of situations. So, you know, maybe they're hitchhiking, maybe they're catching rides or biking or taking a bus, flying, whatever, couch surfing, camping, maybe even staying in hotels and hostels once in a while, Uh, usually with a a pretty tight budget, but, uh, you know, sometimes you get an odd job and score a bunch of money and, you know, live it up for a little bit. Uh, kind of traveling by any and all means getting around. So that's, that's kind of what a, a freestyle traveler is. So in this show, I want to, you know, interview other travelers like that, but also interview just people that I, I stay with, uh, whether it's, and also people, uh, who pick me up hitchhiking, just interesting people. Uh, so not every, everyone will necessarily be a traveler that I talk to, but, you know, part of traveling is meeting people of all sorts, you know, all all kinds, and the sort of stories that go along with it. So every episode, I'll either be, you know, talking to someone, hearing their story, or uh, some episodes, I'll be sharing my stories. And then other episodes, I'll be giving really specific tips, uh, either on my own or, or with some of the people that I meet, or, or friends, you know. We'll go and we'll dig into one specific issue, whether it's how to pack really light, or uh, hygiene on the road, or how to find super cheap flights if you're willing to be a little bit flexible, uh, things like that. So, you know, if you're thinking about traveling, or if you're already on the road, or if you used to travel and just want a little nostalgia in your life, or, you know, whatever, <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to enjoy listening to this, and, you know, I'll even do some episodes on specific places, which would be pretty cool, so, you know, kind of highlight one city and talk to someone from there and, you know, tell you about all the cheap places to eat, the good places to hitchhike in and out of, and things like that. So, should be pretty cool altogether. I think I will dig it. And, uh, you know, this is all possible because of a, a Kickstarter I did uh, to raise the money for the, um, you know, the hosting for this podcast. It's not, not exactly free to do, <laughs> but... uh yeah, there's enough people who wanted it to happen, so I want to thank them first and foremost. And it was kind of funny, the Kickstarter I set up to last for 30 days, and I didn't need all that much money to make it happen, but it got funded within five hours of posting it. <laughs> and in the end, it only took uh, you know, seven people altogether. But uh, I want to thank them first of all. Um, uh, Richard Wolf is the first one. Uh, he's the only person who I don't really know i think um but thanks richard super cool uh the other person who i guess i actually don't know but i kind of feel like i I know a little bit is uh vesco Uh, i'm not exactly sure how to pronounce your last name vesco but um thank you so much uh vesco also backed my last kickstarter which was for my uh, bivy pack which is a backpack i designed that turns into a tent which i'm sure i'll be mentioning on and off throughout the podcast is pretty cool little project i did and as I just said, did a Kickstarter for it, so I was looking at Vesco's name every single day for over a month as I was sewing things together and building all those packs, so so thanks again, man. And um, 
see who else we got here. Oh, from beer camp. Two people I met when I went to Sierra Nevada's beer camp, which is a contest I won. Uh, Kyle and Stephanie, thank you both for making this happen. Super cool. Can't wait to have a beer with you guys in Portland, in Utah, wherever we see each other again. Be pretty cool. And uh, Julie, my mother, <laughs> of course. Uh, thanks, Mom. Pitching in. And then Christian, who made the biggest contribution of all and uh, will actually be on the show uh, as a result, which I'm super stoked about. Um, I met Christian while I was hitchhiking. He picked me up in Mississippi. Actually, I was heading towards Florida at the time uh, to make those backpacks, actually. And uh, he was super cool. He was on his way to make this uh, machine uh, or at least, you know, start working on it, talk to a machine shop and had some really cool stories about uh, traveling back in the day as a, a model. And I don't know, I won't, we'll have a whole episode and I'll let him tell the whole story. Real, real cool. I ended up staying with him and his family for a week and uh, just had a great time. Made a new friend out of it. That's part of the awesome part about hitchhiking. You never know who's going to pick you up. And uh, the last person is Mandy. And Mandy is the the reason I'm I'm starting this podcast, pretty much. I was in Australia a month or two ago and hanging out with her, and she was talking about starting her podcast. And it just kind of got me inspired, especially because she was talking about specifics and things and made me really start thinking about it. And yeah, just motivated me to do it. So I went ahead and set up that Kickstarter while I was still at her house and started getting things rolling. So thanks, Mandy. Now, the next step for me is to get more subscribers to you than you, and <laughs> the race is on. So, let's see what you got. Yeah, uh, once her podcast comes out, I'll I'll tell you guys all about it, too. Um, also, I hope to get her on the show. Uh, I want to do an episode with her and my friend Walter. I met the two of them, actually, up in Alaska, and we were volunteering for this, this website, and then we hitchhiked down from there to Vancouver. It was an awesome trip, so... That would make for one hell of an episode. So, let's uh, let's jump right into it, shall we? Like I said, this first episode is going to be about how I first started traveling. Just kind of give you a background about me. So when you're listening to these episodes, you kind of know who you're you're hearing from. Um, actually, let me let me tell you about what I'm doing right now, so you know where my voice is coming from. <laughs> it is coming from Thailand, uh, Trang Trong city in the south. Uh, Like I said, I was in Australia uh, with Mandy for a little bit, and then I went to Indonesia, hitchhiked around there for a couple weeks, and then flew to Cambodia, and that was about two weeks ago that I got to Cambodia, so I was hitching around there, checking things out, Uh, and then I just got to Thailand a couple days ago. So Thailand is freaking amazing, but the people don't quite understand hitchhiking. <laughs> not fully. Uh, it's not to say it doesn't work, because it does work, like, to an incredible degree, actually. Especially if you're just freestyle traveling and not committed exactly to hitchhiking. Like, um, let me explain. So, people will pick you up, but they don't... If you tell them that you're going to Bangkok, for example, they want to take you to the bus station a lot of times, like local Thai people. And with the language barrier, trying to explain what hitchhiking is is not exactly going to go perfect um, every time. Hold on one sec. I just need to take a sip of crappy beer. I'm drinking a, 
a Chang. It's a Thai beer. It's not good, but it's cold. And the fan's off, so I can record. <laughs> Anyways, um, hitchhiking here, uh, when they when they pick you up, uh, not everybody, but some people, yeah, they just want to take you to the bus station. So the best way I've found is to explain that I'm just walking. And I'll do a little thing with my fingers to show like that I'm walking, you know, language barrier thing. And uh, uh, the people are just too friendly almost. <laughs> like, so perfect example um i got picked up actually going to the border in cambodia by a thai guy on a motorbike and he ended up paying for a car to take me to the border and i went back before that i went back to his house his 15 year old son spoke uh not perfect english but but good english conversational english and we had you know lunch and chatted and they talked about how much they like to help people and that kind of thing and filled me full of food and water and cut some mangoes off the tree and then yeah stuck me on that car that took me to the border there's some other people already in the car and they're going that way anyways is yeah kind of worked out really well and then i got to the border and you know crossed the border stamped out of cambodia stamped in thailand walked for a bit um it's songkran i think pronouncing that right is a festival going on in thailand right now uh Basically, people just throw water at each other. All the kids have water guns. So that was kind of cool. It was, it was hot, but I was getting dosed with water as I walked. And then, yeah, some people drove by, and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm hitchhiking. They didn't quite get it, and they just gave me bot. They just gave me, like, two or 300 bot, which is, like, almost $10. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and then someone else picked me up, and I told them, you know, I'm on my way to Bangkok, and it was a German guy, his wife, and her mom, and the wife and mom were both from Thailand originally. Anyways, they just put me on a bus, <laughs> and yeah, they're just like, yeah, you'll never make it, um, just go on a bus, and I'm like, oh, I, you know, I'm not really paying for buses, and you know, not a big budget, uh, and they just... I don't know, didn't understand or didn't care, just wanted to be nice, and yeah, put me on a bus to Bangkok. So I got there and couch surfed a night with a guy. I already had that set up. Uh, that was pretty fun. Spent a day rolling around and he was taking pictures of me posing everywhere. <laughs> Ever since I've been to Asia, that's kind of been the thing. People want to take their picture with me, or if I'm staying with them, they assume that I want to take my picture in front of every little thing. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, so I, I hitchhiked out of there and I got one, you know, normal hitchhiking ride and it was like went two hours south, but then someone picked me up in this little beach town and she was super nice and with her colleague and again, didn't think I would ever make it to the next beach town I was going to. So she also put me on a train, um, and yeah, it was a sleeper car, which I've never been on before. So that was pretty wild. For me, anyway. I don't know. Maybe a sleeper car is normal for some people, but I was like, this is so cool. An eight-hour ride through the night, and I could just, like, sleep, chill out. Um, again, amazing. Like, they don't don't fully understand hitchhiking, but they'll do anything they can just to be incredible. And you, I haven't, you can't turn them down. It's, it's too nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's shocking. So, I mean... A lot good things happen all the time when you're hitchhiking. People are super friendly. But here, I was here six years ago last, and it was kind of the same thing. Um, so, anyways, 
I did manage to hitchhike once I got off the train to the beach town I was going to, and now here to Trang, Trang, where I am now. And I used a bot that people gave me to pay for this uh, guest room, which is 150 baht, and it's about five bucks, so not too expensive anyways, and just chilling out, hitting the markets, and tomorrow I'll hitchhike to Malaysia and on in Nepal and do some cool stuff, and you know, I'll be recording along the way, so you'll hear about it. Um, let's sip up here. So, that's what I'm doing now. Let me give you a little background on me. Introduction. I am Kenny Flannery, like I said, and I, I have been on the road for, it'll be 10 years this July. Um, pretty solid. The longest I've stayed in one place since 2007 is close to two months one time. Not, not long ago, actually, when I was building these, I had this idea for a backpack that turns into a tent, I kind of mentioned earlier, and once the Kickstarter went through, I had to build a bunch of those, and uh, it took a while, basically just sewing by myself, um, but besides that, the longest has been like a, just over a month, but usually the longest I'll stay in one place is a few days, maybe a week, and that's what my life's been like for the last, uh, just, just about 10 years. Um, I've been to a bunch of places around the world. I've been to every state in the United States. I've been across that country dozens and dozens of times. Um, and yeah, when I can get a little bit of money together, I'll buy a plane ticket. I've gotten pretty good at finding cheap plane tickets, cheap times a year. Uh, pick up odd jobs along the way, whether it's one day doing something for a hundred bucks, you know, digging some holes in the dirt or moving some glass doors around, or I worked at a brewery for a few days, just assembling six packs. Uh, a lot of times in October, I'll go to California for the harvest season and a few weeks to uh, a month and a half there can, you know, last me the whole year. I don't spend that much money every year. Um, yeah, maybe anywhere from two to six thousand dollars a year, I think is basically what I've spent any given year in the last ten. And yeah, I default to hitchhiking to get around once I'm on land, you know. I, I couch surf. Um that's a whole topic I can have a whole episode about couch surfing. Um there's websites and stuff for it now. Um and I camp just kinda, you know, cruise around. Do whatever feels cool. Um, so the way I, I started living like this was initially, uh, I grew up around New York city within an hour, uh, mostly Connecticut, also New York and went to school down in Florida for audio engineering actually. And then I moved into New York city proper when I was about 20, uh, cause I basically did like four years of school in, in two years. So I had, you know, associates bachelors by 20, just cause I went through the summers, nights, weekends, everything. I uh, moved in with some friends there. I was living there uh, freelancing, uh, working at different studios, interning, and kind of put all my eggs in one basket, I guess you could say, at this one studio there. Uh, my boss was someone I'd kind of heard of, not not of him, but of his band. He was in this band called Twisted Sister back in the 80s. You know, like, we're not gonna take it, that band. <laughs> and... um yeah, you know, he had some pretty cool clients coming in, stuff I'd heard of, like we're 
ESPN and Curious George. And anyways, when I was first working there, it was just interning. It was not getting paid. And I was literally just picking up the phones, getting food for people. But then, you know, as time went on, he started to trust me and I was working on gigs myself. And eventually, you know, a whole cartoon came in that just I was working on. I was the only engineer working on. And shortly after that, he handed me an envelope one one morning and he's like, I'm going to start giving you one of these every week. You know, you paid your dues. So I was super stoked. And um, later on the subway, going back home, I opened up the envelope and it was a check for $100. And, you know, living in New York City, $100 a week for 40, 50 hours of work a week is not going to cut it. It's kind of kind of an insult, I guess. I, don't, I didn't know how to feel, but the only way I could react was by coming in less and trying to get other jobs. And I started bunch of other random jobs uh, but one of them was temping and the temping was whatever at first uh, I would go to different places every day but then eventually I settled into this one place where I had to wear a suit and a different colored tie every day like literally on you know it's five or six of us all just working reception and Mondays we had to wear the red tie Tuesdays the blue tie Wednesday the yellow tie like a uniform it was soul-sucking it was Every day was the same as last week, and I don't know, it just really started to weigh on me. Um, and I just started getting it in my head that I, I wanted to leave, and I wanted to travel. I just always liked road trip movies, and uh, I just liked the, uh, the idea of it, just everything about it. And because I was starting to build websites and things, I just it clicked in my mind even more. I was like, this site that I'm working on at the coffee shop or... Uh, back in my parents' place in Connecticut or at my apartment in New York or wherever, like, I could be doing this uh, in, in Tokyo or Australia or anywhere. All I need is an internet connection, and that could the laptop could fit in my backpack, and, you know, this hasn't been very profitable for me or anything. Like, it hasn't panned out, the whole <laughs> web developer thing. Like, in ways, I've done some cool projects with it, but it was, it was just that, that thought process that got me thinking about being mobile and... Um, I was just, just like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So, uh, kind of started a blog to start just making it real and thought of the name Hobo 2.0, <laughs> the 2.0 just being that I was going to, you know, take pictures, videos, and, uh, kind of use technology along the way to, um, make my travels a little smoother and that sort of thing. And just, you know, amping myself up. And the way it kind of worked out is that summer, this is all kind of like December, January, where I was working this out, January 2007, and I realized that that summer my uh, family was going to go to Wyoming like they did most summers, but um, my mom and my brother and sister were going to drive, and they usually flew out there, so I'm like, oh, this is perfect, like, there's going to be an extra seat in the car, I can cruise and get, like, as far away from New York as possible. So that's what I did. Uh, hopped in, hitched a ride, so to speak, and uh, got all the way out there to Wyoming, hung out with them for a little bit. I gave all my audio stuff away back in New York to my friends, left everything behind. I uh, didn't expect to see any of it again, really. It was just like, this is it, you know, and I didn't know if I was going to be gone for months or years or whatever, but it was definitely kind of like an indefinite feeling, and I cut everything off and uh 
finally it was up in Montana, actually, where did a loop around and family dropped me off. My mom was like crying and everything. Drove away with my brother and sister, but there I was, just uh, in Whitefish, Montana, actually, near the train station in a little park, sitting on a bench. I remember clearly just having my gigantic backpack at the time, and just, I, I was free. <laughs> I was, this was it. Like, this, this is it. I'm sitting here with my, my stuff by my feet, and I'm, I'm free. This is my life right now. Like, I can, yeah, I don't know. It was just a surreal feeling. Um, that's how it started, and my buddy from uh, school down in Florida, I had told him what I was up to, and he lived in Sacramento, California, still does, and he wanted to pay for me to get out there, and uh, I've been seeing him ever since. <laughs> uh, he, I guess it was cheaper, because I was in the middle of sort of nowhere, not nowhere, like Whitefish, though, not a huge uh, airport or anything. He got me a train ticket from there to Portland, and then there'd be a week delay between where there'd be a plane ticket from Portland, Oregon to uh, Sacramento. So, like, this is perfect. So, I discovered couchsurfing.com, which didn't seem entirely real at the time, but I tried it, and the way that site works is you can, it's a hospitality network all over the world, and you can look up profiles for any given city in the world, and find people, send them a message and say, hey, I'm coming to town for two or three nights. Can you host me? And a lot of times they say yes. So you go and you stay on their couch, their floor, their spare bedroom, backyard sometimes, whatever. Um, but anyways, I, I sent a message to these four girls and also to this other guy, and both of them said yes. So I got there to Portland and met up with the girls and had a couch to sleep on and it was just amazing like we went out to see a waterfall outside of portland i poked around the city on my own a little bit we would hang out play cards to a couple bars and stuff i went and met the other guy same sort of thing uh and went back to the the girls place one more time and then and then caught the flight to errands but the big takeaway there was like wow this website actually like works <laughs> this is amazing, this is okay, <laughs> it's, it's totally free too, there's no money involved, and the people were great, and showing me things I wouldn't have known, so right away I was like, okay, this is, yeah, this is working, like, this is cool, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I got down to Sacramento and hung out with Aaron, I think we spent like two or three weeks hanging out, and um, one day we went to Tahoe, Reno, drove around, and I used to play poker a lot when I was in school, and hold on, another sip of beer would be good. Oh, it's getting warmer. <laughs> um, yeah, so we went and uh, played craps all day, and, you know, I think between us we won two or three hundred bucks, and again, I was like, okay, I that's cool, like, winning money, like, not spending much money, and the craps became a whole thing, I'll get to Vegas here in a second, <laughs> so, after hanging out with Aaron, I went down south, I saw my brother in California, and there's just something special about California, especially if you've never been there before, like, if you've been there, maybe you take it for granted by now, or you just, I don't know, you just love it too much, but, 
for people from New York, at least for me, like it just feels like the end of the earth, like this, this really mystical place almost in a way. And I, I was feeling that when I was over there. I'd been there once before, like with family, but I don't know. Still, it just felt like, I don't know. Final frontier might not be the best word, but it is special, you know, <laughs> and got down there and I saw Aaron again in San Diego, his girlfriend, now wife at the time, or no, girlfriend at the time, wife now, um, was living, going to school down there. We hung out and uh, then I finally did get to Vegas and I had this whole craps strategy worked out from Reno and Tahoe and I, I caught, uh, I, I wasn't hitchhiking at this point. I was still taking buses and uh, using Craigslist to find rides and, you know, share gas money and stuff like that. And uh, that's what I did, Craigslist, to get up to Vegas. And I got there like 9 o'clock at night. I hadn't found any uh, couch surfers or anything like that. I had zero concept of what a hotel room cost. I didn't know if it was 5 bucks a night or 1000 bucks a night. And, I mean, I'd stayed in hotel rooms, like, with family and other stuff, but I never paid for one. I just didn't know. Um, yeah, so I had nowhere to stay set up nine o'clock at night, hop out, walk to the strip. And I had about 200 bucks at that point. Um, I'd been burning through a little bit of money in the initial months. Um, but anyways, I went and I, I just started playing craps, this casino, and then that casino, and then this one for a few hours, you know, when you're playing, you're drinking for free too. And, and I was winning like a, a lot. <laughs> and before the sun came up, like as it was about to come up, I was in front of the Bellagio, the big fountains <laughs> you see in movies sometimes, um, and I had $2,000 in my, my pockets at that point from my winnings, just in like 20s and 100s, and just staring at the fountain with a big dumb grin on my face, like, all right, <laughs> all right, like I really felt even more free and I just felt like everything's sinking in like this is this is a way of life <laughs> and you know it, it's gambling like money goes up and down and it's, it's just money and stuff but it, at, at the time like that moment just it was just sinking in like I've been moving all around uh going wherever I want to go staying however long I want to stay uh seeing these places I've never been to Vegas before and obviously heard of Vegas all my life and California all my life and I was just like this is this is amazing <laughs> so anyways that that Vegas trip went on I'll have to have a whole episode about Vegas saga because it's been yeah quite the adventure over the years but um eventually I escaped out of there that trip I got a Craigslist ride from a guy Dropped off in a random part of LA-ish kind of area. Had a couch surfer in Santa Monica, and that's when I hitchhiked for the first time. I uh, caught a ride from. Oh well, back up for a second. I didn't know quite what to do, so I I grabbed a marker and I found a piece of cardboard and I wrote a sign that said Santa Monica, somewhere north of there. I can't remember where, but um, first like an idiot, I just like walked to the the movie theater parking lot and just held the sign up and within five minutes i'm like this is the dumbest thing i've done in a while so i walked to the you know the highway the entrance in the direction that i was going and held up the sign there and within five minutes uh, a truck stopped to stop traffic whatever a couple people honk in and i just ran up into the truck it was a guy and his wife in the passenger seat and i went in the back and it turned out to be a food truck 
and not only that, but the guy, um, or sorry, his wife went in the back and then made me a sandwich, gave me a bag of chips and a drink, and we kept cruising down the road. It's like, I told him what I was up to and how I just started traveling, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, all right, this is hitchhiking? <laughs> Obviously, not every ride you're going to get a sandwich and stuff, but that was my first one. Um, they dropped me off. I got a ride from a, a, f- a few other guys, and they, they took me right to Santa Monica, like, actually to the address that I was going to. They asked me where, and <laughs> yeah, so two rides, and I got door-to-door service, actually. <laughs> it was amazing. And, you know, to this day, Los Angeles is one of my least favorite places to hitchhike, but that was, it went pretty well that time. And, um, after that, I was like, this is possible, uh, hitchhiking, you know, I can get around like this. Um, I don't have to keep spending money on Craigslist or, you know, any buses or anything, like, I can just do this. Um, so, yeah, anyways, after staying at the couch surfing spot for just a night they were leaving town and stuff so i had to figure things out and i went to uh go sleep on venice beach for a couple nights before i had this big bigger hitchhiking plan in mind but uh the first big trip i did really um but there on on venice beach was kind of interesting because i chose the beach because it just seemed like oh got a camp Go, go to the beach it's a big city but um it's a huge beach, and my main concern really was uh, the police. I didn't know if it was legal to sleep on the beach, and um, uh, so anyway, I went and got a bottle of wine and a loaf of bread, and went to the beach. And it's a pretty deep beach, and it, you know it's fairly dark once you get closer to the waves. And I went there and I sat down. I'm like, I'm just gonna chill here and you know feel it out for a few minutes, and, and then like a guy walked by, uh, and then someone else, and I it just kind of made me a little more comfortable. I was like, all right, there's people on the beach, so it can't be too illegal to be on here. And these days I would never do that because I'm actually just, I'm always trying to get totally hidden. Like I want to be in the woods or off the highway in the woods, like places where people just don't go. I I mean, forget the police. I don't want anyone to see me. But then I was just only worried about the legality of it. So these people walking by were comforting in a way. So it's like, all right. I guess it's not going to be patrolled or whatever and popped open the wine and started chewing on some pieces of bread and sipping it, looking at the stars, looking at the waves and things. And um, then this one guy walking by just, just stopped like kind of right in front of me, uh, you know, like 20 feet away, if that 10 feet away, something and was just staring out in the waves and, but he was close and it's a huge, huge beach. Uh, so it was kind of awkward not to be like, Hey, how's it, how's it going, buddy? <laughs> like, what are you up to? And, um, you know, start talking and, uh, it's like, yeah, I'll offer this guy some wine. I was like, Hey, you want, you want some wine or something? And, and ended up kind of being a mistake, but <laughs> he sat down and took me up on it and gave him some wine. He sat, we, he was like a, a film guy and, you know, I was kind of still fresh off the whole audio thing. And we were talking about that and this and the other thing. And eventually, uh, you know, eventually the conversation started getting a little boring and, I was getting tired and wanting to do some things in the morning, and uh, he wasn't really getting the hint, and I was, I was to the point where I was almost, like, getting in my sleeping bag, like, yeah, getting pretty tired, probably going to go sleep here, and he just wasn't really acknowledging that and just kind of still sitting there, and uh, finally, I was, like, in my sleeping bag, like, why is this guy still sitting here, like, and uh, he's like, hey, so, uh, can I suck your dick? <laughs> 
I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> I just, like, kind of realized the whole thing, like, the wine bottle offering this guy wine. I, I started, like, apologizing because, I don't know, I felt like I, I don't know, let him on or something. And he was kind of pushing it. He's like, oh, come on, close your eyes, buddy. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, I'm good. And final, finally he left and just dejected, you know, like. Uh, I found out the next night, actually, uh, I was on the beach again, and this other guy walked by and started talking to me. Uh, he kind of knew my situation right away, that I was just some dude trying to sleep on the beach, and he's like, uh, just so you know, this is um, like a like a gay pickup beach kind of thing. <laughs> like, all the guys walking on here, the guys that were comforting me, because I thought made it seem like this was a legit place to be, were actually all looking to like hook up, so... Had I known that, I wouldn't have offered this one guy wine <laughs> and the waves and the stars and all that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't have any other problems on the, the beach. No one else, like, hit on me. Uh, the only thing was in the middle of the night, like, a, a beachcomber came through. Like, I, I just heard, like, this roaring noise in the middle of the night and looked up, and there were these headlights coming right at me. We're on the beach, you know, and like, luckily the dude saw me and... I kind of did a horseshoe around me, which is funny because that next morning, a woman woke me up on the beach and she's like, you're about to get hit by the tide, sir. And the tide was coming up. Um, but then I looked down the beach and it was just perfectly groomed, like, for like what looked like a mile, except for like right where I was, there's the big horseshoe around. <laughs> uh, I don't know, it was a good, you know, no one. Besides that, no one bothered me. There's one guy who kind of like went through my stuff in the middle of the night once. I woke up right away. He he was shocked because I didn't look like a person. I looked like in my bivy sack, I looked like a big pile of stuff. So to be fair, he thought I was probably just a big pile of treasure. I was super startled. He's like, oh, you got a cigarette? <laughs> and then just ran away. I think he had a cape on blowing in the wind. It was bizarre. But uh, yeah, for those reasons, I I try not to sleep in where I can be seen. <laughs> um, but uh, anyways, during this time, I was formulating this big hitchhiking trip, my first big one. I wanted to go to Oklahoma City. I figured that'd be a big, long journey, over a 1,000 miles. Um, when I was back in New York, I'd been seeing this girl kind of uh, fooling around for like the last month or two that I was in the city, and she was going to be going to school in Oklahoma, and I was like, it's perfect. I can like go and surprise her and not tell her I'm coming, and show up and really see if hitchhiking how, how far i can go um so i actually arranged another craigslist ride to get from la to bakersfield which was kind of from bakersfield to oklahoma city is just one road it's just i-40 the the whole way basically um it's a straight line um once you get to barstow anyway and i found a couch surfer there and i was like all right i'll stay with her for a night or two and then do this big trip and uh the way it worked out is uh, she ended up being awesome, actually, a couch surfer, Kendra. Um, we're friends to this day, so I ended up staying there for like a week, actually, because she was super cool. Uh, she had a daughter who was cool. Her dog was cool. Um, she had, a, I think, a boyfriend at the time. He owned like an arcade, and she had like an arcade game in her house and stuff, and they were in the all sorts of things, and her dad was pretty cool, too, actually, and I stayed with him for part of the time I was there and actually now when I go there usually I'll I'll either stay with him or her and I don't know it was all very very interesting and 
and fun. So I ended up staying there for a week, I think, or more than two days anyway. Uh, but finally, I got on the road and got a late start, but uh, stuck my thumb out on the highway and or on the entrance to the highway anyway. And my first ride was a pickup truck, uh, just for a little bit, yeah, forty-five minutes or something, and another ride, and then I camped out in the the desert <laughs> and. I walked through the desert the next day. I, I foolishly just stood at an on-ramp, like, waiting, and because I was nervous about walking on the highway because I got those signs, like, no pedestrians or whatever, and finally I was just like, screw it, I'm not, no one's getting on here. So I just walked in the highway in the Mojave Desert, just, like, sweating. Giant backpacks still in those days, like, finally got a ride from a super, like, religious trucker or religious enough to be playing like the bible on tape and telling me all kinds of things and i don't know but i was like whatever i'm moving and um yeah ride after ride camping uh took about a week uh i did kind of get stuck in well i don't know sort of stuck it was the first time i felt stuck anyway in albuquerque i was waiting for like two or three hours um which then was a long time today that would still be a long time actually and just a lot of heat, tons of traffic, which was just frustrating. Lots of cars passing me in a huge, like, area for people to pull over. So it's just like, why is, why is no one stopping? Um, and uh, finally this mother and daughter had looped back and they gave me a ride. But it was only to the edge of town now. But still, it was like, alright, at least I'm somewhere. And it's at the truck stop most of the night trying to get a ride like once it got dark i even made a sign i was standing on the street lights nothing and uh camped out that night and that was the first night it rained actually like in the whole two or three months i'd been on the road at this point since uh wyoming and montana like that was the the first time it rained nothing in oregon california nothing like but that night it did so i was just like sunburned frustrated from the day a little bit and now camping and it was raining and <laughs> got up and it was super windy but you know a ride came the next ride came and the one after that and you know before i knew it, i was in oklahoma and i did you know find uh out where that girl was working starbucks and got there and i was there when her shift started i opened the door and shocked the hell out of her i don't think she ever thought she was gonna see me uh, like again let alone in Oklahoma, like, at her job, like, it was just, yeah, she did not believe it, <laughs> um, it was a little awkward, uh, for sure, but we managed to have some fun, and, you know, she was going to a really religious school, so even, we, like, when I drove around with her, I had to wear a blanket over me, so no one would see, it was very strange, but, um, uh, you know, for me, it was just, like, I did it, like, I hitchhiked, if I hitchhike this far, I can hitchhike any distance, and it was just the next level. <laughs> I was like, I don't have to keep spending money on buses if I don't want to, or Craigslist rides. Like this can be my way of transportation. Uh, at that point, I'd used to couch surf, couch surfing uh, several times, and I'm like, some was spending not a lot of money, and in the ways that I was doing things for free there was like the hidden benefit of just cool people like like couch surfing you don't when if you stay in a hotel or something not only are you spending like all that money but you're not meeting these people who live there and 
can tell you cool things and hitchhiking same thing if you're on a bus you're not meeting these people that are telling you things or taking you on little side adventures or it's just such it's a different thing altogether um and this was all hitting me right then and plus you know the vegas thing a little bit was i think at that point it had been the only way that money was coming in but still like to me at that time especially i was like this is a, a possible thing and uh it was it's just all hitting me at once like i could just live like this and you know three months in now i'm almost 10 years in and kind of proven that it's you know not not too hard and definitely sustainable for as long as you want it to be really and the plan is to keep going so hope you enjoyed this show and then the next one's coming up be even more interesting have some more specific topics about all kinds of stuff so if you have any uh, questions actually the uh, end of every episode this part uh I don't mind reading some emails, answering some quick questions. Uh, if you just want to send an email to questions at freestyletravelshow.com, I'll do that. Uh, freestyletravelshow.com is where you can go just to check out new episodes and stuff. It's going to be on iTunes everywhere else, too. Uh, I'm also going to be on Twitter at Free Travel Show, Free Travel Show, and also on Facebook with similar names, Freestyle Travel Show. So find me anywhere, send me a message anywhere. Uh, you can always check out my personal stuff, uh, hobolifestyle.com, and I'm at hobolifestyle all over the dang place, from Instagram to Twitter to Facebook to YouTube, name it. So that's it, Kenny Flannery, Freestyle Travel Show, see you down the road.